It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday, my friends. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And of course, a reminder that me and Benty will be back on drive time today at 4pm. Now, we start today's podcast with some sad news. The former England boss, Sven-Goran Eriksson, revealed that he has best case a year to live after being diagnosed with cancer. Eriksson, who had a 42-year career in management, learned of his cancer diagnosis almost one year ago and stood down from his most recent role as sporting director at Swedish club Karlstad 11 months ago because of health issues. Danny Mills told the TalkSport Breakfast Show exactly what it was like to play for him under England. It's really sort of sad and, and devastating news. Um, obviously for, for Sven, his family, his, his close friends and and everybody um, that knew him. When you look back, and, and Sven will have his detractors and he'll have people that you know say he wasn't particularly successful with England and all the rest of it. But he was a new era of manager. When you go back to when Arsene Wenger came in, you know, of, of the teacup throwing, screaming, shouting managers... Arsene Wenger came in and changed that. Sven Goran Eriksson. I don't ever remember Sven raising his voice, um, let alone shouting. Incredibly knowledgeable about football. Um, It is, you know, very, very intelligent. uh, Alongside his uh, assistant for for many, many years, Todd Grip. Uh, But yeah, I spoke five, six, seven languages at times. I had him in uh, Manchester City as a club manager. Uh, where he would speak to every single player in their own language, wow. which for us, yes, yeah, which for us, class. Yes. us English, us English players was a little bit confusing because we had no idea what he was saying to everybody else. Former England and Newcastle midfielder Kieran Dyer was on my show yesterday, Andy Olsen's Drive Time, and also spoke about the news regarding his former manager. He was a great coach, um, but at England he didn't really do a lot of coaching himself. He used to let Steve McLaren get on with it. Very pragmatic manager as well. He was so keen on the counter-attack and that's why you see the likes of Michael Owen and he had a lot of time for Darius Vassell. Darius had a lot of a lot of caps for England. But suppose that's why he liked me so much as well, his pace on the, on the counter-attack. Um, I think he got a hard, he got, the press were hard on him because we were classed as the golden generation and the golden generation never won anything. But you look at 2002, uh, we lose to Brazil, who had Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Carfu, Roberto Carlos, Gilberto, Lucio, and we didn't even have Steven Gerrard and Gary Neville, who were probably 
two of our world-class players at the time. So we lost to them. 2004, we all know what happened to Rooney. I think if Rooney stays fit, we have a great chance of winning the tournament, but we lost on penalties, which can happen to any team. He loses on penalties again in 2006, and he's classed as some failure. I always thought he got hard done by in the press, but he was a great man, um, and I really enjoyed working with him. And while speaking on The Breakfast Show, Alan Brazil talked about his dealings with Sven. I was once summoned, uh, we had a bit of a, I differed to his opinion once, live on air, and uh, a, a PA came on and said, look, Sven would like to talk to you, mm. up in a less, amb- less Ambassador Casino in Park yeah. Lane. I went, lovely, I'll be up there. And he was he was nice as pie. Yeah. He said, let me tell the whole story, which I can't tell, and I wouldn't tell now, but he explained what had happened, and, yeah. and it all made sense to me, and we ended up having... Uh, I think he had a coffee, had a glass of wine, and we had a chat, and I found him charming. Lovely guy. Yep. Lovely yeah. guy. Like so said, that, that, yeah. that saddens me, big Terrible star. news. Terrible news. Now, Wednesday night, Liverpool beat Fulham 2-1 in their League Cup semi-final first leg, but they had to come from behind with William putting the visitors ahead. The game led the fun boy Jason Cundy to say this on the sports bar. He sometimes p- puts in displays where you go... That's a bit rubbish for someone. The defending is terrible. Yeah, not to, not only does he head the ball in a direction that you don't want to. You're not the, having Van Dyke though, are I, you? I th- personally, I think he's overrated. All right, I don't think that he's anywhere near the levels consistently of the likes of Sol Campbell, John Terry, Rio Ferdinand. I don't, I don't think he's anywhere near that level. And on the back of that, it created a day of debate on Talk Sport about Virgil Van Dyke. Let's hear now from Gabby Agbonahor and what he had to say on breakfast. Van Dyke's a top defender, and even yeah. y- even yesterday, that mistake, it wasn't like a a, a big mistake. Yes, he headed it, but he still had, had a lot to do, William, to score from there. You know, from when he lost the ball, get the crossing, and then finish it off. I think I'd say there's something missing from his yes. A game, but he's still a hell of a player. Yeah, but when he's on it, he's, he's not con- been as consistent as he was when he first joined, but when he's on it... Neil Razor Ruddock joined the breakfast show and had his say. I've watched a lot of him, Val. I think he's one of them players that has to be cool. You know, he looks cool when he plays. He doesn't get flustered, you know. Sometimes, you know, I, I, when I watch him, I want to give him a kick up the backside. I want him, you know, shouting, effing and blinding that other players, get players around him. Yeah. I think he's just one of them nat- natural, cool characters and he and he takes it on to pitch. He doesn't get flustered and I think that's just the way he plays, Al. And I do agree, he ain't, he ain't you know, with the injury he did have, he ain't going to be a player he was. But he's still, he's still one of the best in the world for me, Al. But I think he's... Sometimes you're just too cool. I want him to lose his temper. I want him to, you know, get the ump. Adrian Durham also had his say and agrees with the fun boy. I think he's had a couple of really good seasons. And at times, there's flashes where you think, oh, he's back to the best yeah. Virgil van Dijk. But last night, particularly first half, he was casual, you know, bordering on unacceptable at times. There were Fulham players strolling past him and, he, you know, he wasn't even trying to block them. He wasn't, as they were chasing things down, pressing. He wasn't trying to block them. He wasn't trying to defend. And there, and there was an arrogance and a, a casual approach from Liverpool in that first half that, you know, I, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be worried. And maybe, just maybe, that first half lead for Fulham would be the kick up the backside that might send Liverpool on to go on and win this cup and even win the title. Virgil van Dijk simply has to defend better. And the weird thing is, we know he's capable of defending better. 
Now, Yorkshire Cricket's board of directors have unanimously accepted former club chairman uh, Colin Graves' takeover offer for the Cash Strap Club. Graves' time at Yorkshire 2012-15 to was part of the period for which the club was fined for failing to address the systemic use of discriminatory or racist language. The club's members now will now vote on uh, whether to approve the takeover. Azim Rafiq, who exposed the institutional racism he and other players suffered at the club between 2008 and 18, uh, told the boys that Graves should not be allowed to return. OK, John is now for more on this story as the Mirror's cricket correspondent, Dean Wilson. Dean, it's an interesting one now. So do you think that, do you think the members are going to vote this a yes or a no? Well, I mean, yes, he has to be allowed to return. I mean, it would be illegal for him not to be allowed. I think, you know, this is a kind of grey area. It's a slightly moral question that you're asking, of course. And I feel like, you know, when you see, when people show you who they are, as, as Colin has done um, several times in the past, I think you, you know you should you should believe it. And uh, as Azim says, he's going to make an apology uh, for describing uh, racist language as banter. Uh, how much store you want to put into that apology? You know, it, it to me it feels like it would be an apology of convenience. But then you know that's the that's the kind of situation that we're dealing with here here across this whole uh, situation. I think it's all very much one of of convenience. The reality is that money talks. He's got the money. Um, he stands to make, I think, quite a lot of money in the future if he takes control of the club and moves it away from uh, being a members club. You know, I think that's one of the things that Yorkshire members have to to realise. When if they do give up that uh, that that status, they're giving up what could be a very lucrative deal some way down the track as more and more private investment, more and more money comes into the game. And if one person or, or, or Collins Consortium owns the club, um, you know, any windfall, any profits, any money that comes in, you know, from selling 100 franchises or, or anything like that is going to go into, yeah. into one person's pocket rather than to the whole membership. As Eva Feek heard the news and then joined Jim White and Simon Jordan. That's an account that's disputed by several people that have been involved in the process at different times. Um, you know, how we've got to a place where he's the only one, I, I, you know, it's something that uh, people need to come out and speak about. And, you know, I dispute the fact that it is all, you know, Yorkshire's going to go bust. There's been a lot orchestrated behind the scenes. Uh, whenever there's been interested parties, there's been negative articles over the last eight months. And, you know, certain board members have been, um, you know, taking the information back to Colin. So how we've got there, uh, is something that I just, uh, you know, I think that needs to be challenged. But if that's where we've got, I think the ECB now needs to decide whether they mean zero tolerance. Because if they mean zero tolerance, then ECB need to uh, short-term cash flow uh, support uh, Yorkshire while the 100 equity becomes available. Now, after the news broke that Bayern Munich close to making a move for Tottenham defender Eric Dyer, a Spurs fan called up TalkSport, delighted at the news. Eric Dyer, I'm sick of hearing this servant thing as if he's like been on minimum wage working in a, like a factory or something <laughs> he's been at Tottenham stealing a wage for most of the years he's been here he's had two good seasons the two good seasons he had was 15-16 playing in midfield with Dembele who absolutely carried him but fair enough he did well and he's and Conte's first full season where he sat in the middle of a back three and he didn't have to do much and he was protected by two defensive midfielders and Romero and Davies each side I think he's a good guy, seems a nice guy, but 
he made so many mistakes, especially in big games over the years, that I'm so relieved and happy that he finally left. I don't wish him anything bad, but we had to get rid of him. Time to check in with Kieran Dine again, who also told us about his infamous punch-up with teammate Lee Bowyer. Everyone thought there was some hidden agenda behind it, and, you know, in Newcastle there was loads of rumours about I'd done this or he'd done that or he was a racist, and it's all nonsense. It was just he is a hothead on the football pitch. I think he'd openly admit it. He's had loads of red cards and... I didn't pass him the ball. He had this bee in his bonnet all game that I weren't passing him the ball. And total nonsense. No, I there was a you could probably go through the game. There's probably about three or four instances instances where I could have given him the ball, but I didn't. But as I was saying to him, I haven't given the ball away. I've given it to someone else. Yeah. But I have if I give the ball away, then Bo moan at me. And it's just he's getting more and more wound up and we're three 0 down at the time. Got a man sent off to Stephen Taylor doing that stupid pretending it. Was hit that the him. face? Yeah, thing? he pretended it hit him on the face when he handballed <laughs> it. And then yeah, I remember he came short again. I passed it on the other side of the pitch, and he just went mad. Then I probably made it worse by saying the reason I don't pass you the ball is because you are yeah, I heard that useless. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then you just see his eyes; they just <laughs> it's just like it was just like he got possessed, and then. As he's walking to me, I'm thinking, oh, no, you just know. And he's come in with his head and I've held him. But at no point, even though he lost his head, did I think punches were going to suck. And when I just was getting dunked on the head, it was like, it happened so quick, but it was like in slow motion because I can remember in my head going, I can't believe he's punching me in front of 52,000 <laughs> people. That's, that's how slow it must have felt. It felt like it was going and then... The craziest thing about that, I didn't think you could get sent off for fighting your own teammate. <laughs> so, like, he's like, like, the ref sends me off first. And I'm thinking, why am I getting sent off? Like, and then Bo gets sent off, and we're waiting in the tunnel to fight each other and finish it once and for all. And we had these two, uh, two masseurs who worked in uh, prisons, massive, Johnny and Lenny. And they just put us on the shoulder, you know, when your legs are dangling like a little cartoon trying to, I'm going to kill you when I get in the cage room and that. And they just sat us down and uh, they sat in the middle and then when that final whistle came, remember Boom Song come up first. He was like, you want to fight? Fight now! So I'm thinking, yeah, we'll fight now then, right? Because I was still raging. And then Big Al comes in Uh and I have never, ever, ever seen him that angry. And he's just called us every name under the sun because he realised we had a cup semi-final, FA Cup semi-final against United in two weeks and it was Shearer's last season. Never won silverware with Newcastle and he knows we're suspended a fight and he's calling us selfish and, and then the reality of it of like, oh my God, we've let everyone down. I'm going to be suspended for the FA Cup semi-final and then soon has come in and that was head down and he just was saying he was going to beat us both up and <laughs> soon as said I'll take both of you Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones Blue Nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. And Kieran continued to tell us some wonderful stories, this time about Alan Shearer and Wood Hullet having a bit of a dust-up. The way he treated Al's friend Rob Lee best friend at the club. He knew he couldn't touch Shearer, so let me go through. I remember John Barnes was training with the reserves. Stuart Pierce was training with the reserves. Oh, David wow. Batty was training with the reserves. This is when I'm first coming there, and now all getting cleared out of the club. So it was like he was trying to play games. Obviously, uh, we were, he was under pressure. We were losing games, and I can remember it was the day before the Sunderland game, and he was giving out... John Carver, his assistant, was giving out bibs to the reserve squad, you know. Yeah. And he hadn't even give Shearer Warner and John Carver. It's embarrassing for John Carver. And he gave Shearer the bib. And it was him and Duncan Ferguson in the reserve team. And we lost about 5-6-0 in the game, in the like the practice game. Shearer scores three and Duncan scores two. And you're thinking, oh, my God. So, obviously, the game happened and Shearer and Duncan are on the sub. We lose the game 2-1. I don't know if it was Dunk or Shearer. Someone says after the game joking that and he says well when you came on we were winning one nil just made it worse and I can remember the next day we were going in for a warm down and I always used to go in early because I can't cook so I'd always used to go in for my breakfast uh, I'm one of the first in and Dunk and Shearer were already in oh, wow. waiting for him by the office but he never came because he was at St James's Park getting sacked well, that's it for another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcast. Thanks for listening on the Talksport app, wherever you get your podcast from. I'll be back tomorrow at four with another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcast, so make sure you join me for that. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a good day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talksport. The Talksport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.